Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hey there. Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Shalene Show. You're in for a special treat. This is a lesson I've prepared for the students who are going through my testing, testing of a diet program, which I hope to launch very soon. You can learn more about it and perhaps be part of some of our what we like to call testing. That's what we've been doing is testing this with thousands and thousands and thousands of individuals who've been able to develop their own unique individual plan for permanent weight loss so they can stop having to diet but have a diet. We like to call this citizen's science. And if you'd like to be one of the participants in an upcoming test or just like to know more about the program once we release it to the public, you can do so by going to diet beta test.com enter your name and email address there and we'll send you some more information either way you'll be in the know if we have another test or trial coming up you might want to be a part of that or at least if nothing else you'd like to know once we release to the general population that's you but this is a lesson that is kind of more advanced it's a level two lesson some of the students who are going through my program have already received this and they're understanding everything they need to know about how weight loss is not determined by counting calories or particular exercise program, but really understanding how your body works. And a big part of how your body works and relates to your digestive health, your micro gut biomes. So today we will be talking all about probiotics and prebiotics. So what's the deal? Like, are they a scam? Are they legit? Do we need them? What are the good ones? Can I find it in my food? Do I need to take a supplement? If I take a supplement, which one should I take? All of those things and more answered honestly, objectively, and as concisely and clearly as possible today on The Shalene Show. In this lesson, you'll learn everything you need to know about prebiotics and probiotics. Everybody's talking about probiotics and sometimes prebiotics, but more often probiotics. And it seems like it's one of those terms that everyone throws out and they're like, oh, it's got probiotics in it. Very few people really know what it means, what they need, how they work. Do you really need these things? And if you do need them, how do you know? And how long do you need to take them? And what are the long-term health benefits or health risks associated with them? How to know which companies are producing decent supplements. And again, do you even need to take a supplement for these things if supposedly we can get them from our diet? First, we'll start with probiotics. It feels like everyone's talking about probiotics and it's really nothing new. It's probably over the last 10 years that we've been hearing a lot more about them in mainstream media and even packaged and marketed to us on our foods. You can't watch TV and see a yogurt commercial without noticing that they're talking about probiotics or the marketing of probiotics in your daily shake. Or you pick up your favorite brand of food and see on the label it says, has probiotics. But do we really know what they are and how they work? Well, today you'll find out. So what are probiotics? Probiotics are live bacteria and yeast. We tend to create them in our gut and we need them to be balanced to regulate many of our bodily functions, including things like absorption, hormone regulation, and more. Many bacteria are actually required for us just to have good health, especially those that are good for digestion. In other words, your gut health. 
The type of beneficial bacteria that we add to our diet or that can be taken as a supplement is often called a probiotic. Probiotics have been gaining popularity, again, for like the last 10 years maybe, but there's some major differences amongst the different brands that are creating probiotics. And of course, all the food marketers are now telling you that they're adding probiotics to their food, but do we know how much? Do we know if it's surviving? Do we know if we need it? What many people don't realize is that there's a lot of probiotics found naturally in our food sources that actually give us some of the widest varieties. And that's the key when it comes to probiotics in your gut is you want a wide variety of them. And a lot of these things we can find in our food, perhaps even more effectively than the supplements that are being sold. Probiotics are considered functional foods. In other words, they serve a purpose. And that purpose is to boost our digestive system and our immune health. And as you know, 70 to 80% of your immune system is in your gut biome. In humans, researchers believe that we have between 30 and 400 trillion, yes, with a T, trillion microorganisms in our gut. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that thought kind of grosses me out. But as long as we're not looking under a microscope, we wouldn't even know it. It is said that we are more microorganism than we are even human. So what are these tiny little microorganisms? Well, you're right, they're bugs. And they are what help the gut biome to function properly, which is why we call them functional foods. Think of them as a true ecosystem. Now, the definition of an ecosystem is a biological community, all right, we got that, interacting organisms, check, and their physical environment. So, your gut is legit an ecosystem. You're walking around with an ecosystem just below your belly button. And the microbiome contains all these interacting microorganisms within your gut. We have good bugs and we have bad bugs. The bad bugs grow when we eat a processed diet, junk. Foods that are loaded with GMOs that contain trace amounts of antibiotics. As you probably know, many GMOs have been treated with glyphosate. Glyphosate was classified as an antibiotic. So in other words, the chemicals that we're spraying on GMO foods, many of them, are being sprayed with a product known as glyphosate. Glyphosate is a patented antibiotic. Yeah. Monsanto had glyphosate patented as an antibiotic, a broad-range antibiotic, and antibiotics are meant to kill bacteria, good bacteria and bad bacteria. Do we have trace amounts of glyphosate in humans? Many believe we do. Many also believe that this is one of the reasons why we are becoming so antibiotic-resistant. It might not just be because we're overdoing antibiotics when we go to the doctor, We might be overdoing antibiotics just because they're in the system. They're in our drinking water. We're exposed to them through leakage in our soil. And this is a controversial topic. I'm sure some people will be very angry with me for even bringing this up because there's still research to be done. And big business, yes, even big farmers don't want this stuff tested. It's never been tested on humans. When I'm talking about glyphosate, I'm talking about Roundup the same stuff that I used to spray on my weeds before I knew anything about it, the stuff that many of you probably still have in your garage. And I know this is controversial, but if I know about it and it's bothering me, I feel like if nothing else, I have to bring it up to you 
so that you're aware that glyphosate isn't just a weed killer. Yes, it's used as an herbicide, and it's widely used, to the tune of about 300 billion gallons per year. But that herbicide is also classified as an antibiotic. If nothing else, you need to know that. Okay, and here's one of the reasons why, in my opinion, you need to know this. If you're like me, oftentimes when I would hear people talking about probiotics and, you know, resistance to antibiotics, etc., I would think to myself, what's going on here? My grandpa and grandma didn't have to go on probiotics and they lived into their 80s and 90s. Like, why are all of these things suddenly something we have to worry about? Well, we have to worry about them because they've only been used this widespread in the last 20, 30 years. If you're like me and sometimes you think, well, is this just hippies going crazy, people who are environmentalists going crazy, thinking that the sky is falling and making us believe that everything is unsafe? Or is there like legitimately something we should be worried about? And I'm going to let you make that decision. But I can tell you this, the more I learn, the more my jaw hangs open and the more I realize, well, no wonder we have to take probiotics. No wonder 80% of our population is now dealing with leaky gut. That's not because our food is better. It's because our food is worse. It's fake food. Even when you're eating vegetables and fruits, you have to take a look and figure out how were these fruits and vegetables treated? How were they grown? When you're eating meats, are you eating meats that were animals raised on grains that are GMO grains treated with glyphosate? Well, that's for another discussion. But for now, just understand that there's a very specific reason why our guts are out of balance, which is known as dysbiosis. And it's not just our food that's causing this dysbiosis. It can be caused by stress. If you get an infection, it can be, get this, just caused by the people that you are spending the most time around, like other people's gut biome, believe it or not, affects your gut biome. Well, you should believe that because they're little microorganisms, right? So you can imagine how the environment that you're in, antibiotic use, the foods that you eat, even where you live, whether you were breastfed, whether you were born via vaginal delivery or C-section, like all of these things have an influence on your gut biome. And your gut biome, we're realizing is, well, obviously, because it's 70 to 80% of your immune system, it's pretty darn important. And we need to get it balanced. We need to get the bacteria in our gut balanced. Probiotics, whether they're derived naturally from our foods or taken in a supplement, have been shown to be beneficial in creating a balance in our gut biome. Now, more research needs to be done But the people who most desperately need to make sure their gut biome is balanced are those who have bad cholesterol, digestive issues like Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, IBS, SIBO, C. diff, lactose intolerance, and just anything that causes gut inflammation. So yes, classified in that category would be leaky gut. And if we know 80% of the population has leaky gut, Does that mean 80% of the population needs to take a probiotic supplement? Uh, I can't answer that question, but I can tell you that 80% of us need to pay attention to the balance that's happening in our gut. Leaky gut, as you know, is the increased permeability of your intestinal walls, which means that things are allowed through like bacteria, toxins, sometimes even food particles that weren't meant to leak into our bloodstream. 
And this has been linked to a ton of autoimmune diseases. So it's really important to know that many medications, like even simple things like aspirin or ibuprofen, even the alcohol that you drink and environmental toxins that we're exposed to, even when we eat foods that don't sit well with us, and you know what I'm talking about, where you're just like, oh man, I have got some digestive situation happening right now. All of those things affect the permeability of your gut. And new research shows that probiotics may help with decreasing that permeability and aid in the healing of leaky gut by restoring the tight junctions. Okay, that's just a lot of fancy speak to say this. Okay, I want you to imagine taking an old pair of Levi jeans and taking one of the legs and pinching it off really tight, like twisting it and pinching it off tight, and then filling up from, say, the hip to the ankle with water and then twisting the other end. You could almost create like a balloon, if you would, of water inside the leg of those Levi's. And the reason why it wouldn't leak out that much is because the weave of the jean is so tight, the cotton weave is so tight that very little water leaks out. Now, if you were to take that same experiment with, say, a pair of women's nylons, well, the water would hold in it for just maybe a few moments, but it would start to seep out pretty quickly. And that's because the junction or the weave in the nylons is much looser than the weave in the cotton Levi's. So that's kind of what's happened in our gut. The more things we've done unintentionally to damage our gut lining, the looser that weave or those tight junctions become. The good news is because it's tissue, it can be repaired, which is why many functional medical professionals believe it's so important for us, especially after the use of antibiotics, to treat with a probiotics. But you shouldn't be surprised if you've never heard your doctor suggest that, like a round of probiotics after they prescribed a round of antibiotics. And to be honest, the focus on gut health is like just starting to reach mainstream medicine. And I don't mean that disparagingly because there are plenty of mainstream doctors who know a lot about gut health, but almost everyone I talk to has never had a discussion about probiotics with their GP, unless their GP is an integrative medical professional. There are exceptions, and I hope yours is one of them. Nonetheless, if you're treating with a doctor who's in the know or who really takes this whole body approach, it's likely that they are going to treat any dysbiosis in your gut with probiotics. So let's talk about something else that we just don't know enough about yet, and that's what type of probiotics work the best. Now, many people think that by ordering a gut test, to see what they're high in and what they're low in, that this is the best way to know what type of probiotic you should be taking. And that way you could see like, okay, what bacteria am I high in? What bacteria am I low in? But I want to caution you because we don't know yet enough about our own individual needs and the variation that needs to happen between us. Recent research referenced below this lesson and in the notes looked at 22 different probiotic peer-reviewed studies and found that probiotic use greatly reduced GI inflammation. Okay, but here's what's really fantastic about this research. In each one of the 22 different studies, a different type of probiotic, a different dosage, a different class, a different profile was used. The reason why I think that's really promising is because it didn't really even matter what type of probiotic 
they were using in these studies, it was the probiotic in general that reduced gastrointestinal inflammation. Now, that's really promising. But what I think is often overstated is when probiotics are used to get people to think that they will lose weight, which is possible. But oftentimes, you'll hear people talking about trying to create a balance between the different types of bacterias, which are believed to either create an obesity effect or a slimming effect. But these studies have only been conducted on rodents. So I think I just believe that there's more we need to know. And it's all promising. But I'm also really excited to tell you that new technologies, specifically new testing that's just emerging for the gut biome is going to tell us more, not only about the bacteria, but the bacterial viruses. And more importantly, not just what's in balance or out of balance, but how specifically it's affecting us. And as soon as I can give you more information about these emerging technologies, I will. So I'd like to save the discussion on gut testing for a future conversation. As it pertains to choosing the right probiotic supplement, there's a lot on the market to choose from. And a recent study revealed that one-third of the probiotics sold on the market today are useless, like they serve no purpose, and they're expensive. So we have to know what it is we're taking, which is why I'm so happy you're listening to this. So the key is to find a very high-potency probiotic. You want to look for between 25 and 50 billion live CFUs. That's a variety of strains. Now, I know that sounds like a lot, and oftentimes manufacturers, as you probably have learned in my interview with the founder of Labdoor, many of the manufacturers will actually put more than 25 to 50 billion live CFUs in a packaging of supplements, and that is because a great number of them will die off. Remember, it's got to be a live bacteria, so it's got to stay alive. It's got to stay alive from you consuming it and even making its way all the way down into your gut. So what I'm sharing in this audio is really important. It's important because there's no governmental regulation of probiotic manufacturing, and as you can imagine, Because it's so popular, there's a lot of fly-by-night companies that are getting in on the action. I've said this in a previous episode, you know I'm a big fan of Amazon, but I do not recommend that you use Amazon reviews to help you formulate a well-informed decision on whether a probiotic is good or not. A lot of companies now send their products to people in exchange for their review on Amazon. So you can find a product that has like 500 five-star reviews and those reviews aren't accurate. And a reviewer doesn't necessarily mean that a product is what it says it is. Because there's no regulation of probiotic manufacturing, there are a lot of products on the market that are just filled with garbage, literally garbage, and they are just an expensive waste of money in a bottle. You don't know what's inside of them. You don't know what they use to grow the bacteria. You don't know if any of the bacteria are active. So this is one of those situations that if you're going to take a probiotic, you've got to exercise good common sense and you got to stay informed. A couple things are really important. Number one, expiration date. And number two, if needed, has it been refrigerated or at least stored properly? When you first start taking probiotics, you want to definitely start slowly because Some people do tend to notice, you know, a little, believe it or not, gastrointestinal discomfort. Now, if those symptoms persist for more than a couple of days, 
you probably want to put off taking them or at least talk to your doctor. Today, I'm not going to recommend specific brands to you. I just don't feel like that's my place. I can tell you for myself personally, I trust the advice and the recommendation of my integrative medical doctor. I also use sites where they independently test these things like labdoor.com. And quality matters. But again, search for those with a super high potency. Change it up. Vary the different types of probiotics you're taking. Look for probiotics that have billions of live bacteria. The label should clearly state contains live and active cultures. And it's a bonus if it lists specific strains or amounts of colony-forming units, which is what CFU stands for on the label. Some things you want to consider when taking a probiotic, like should you take one every day? Again, we really don't know. I've talked to countless experts about this. And while I would say 80% of them say, yes, we should be taking one almost daily, I've talked to quite a few that say, you know, when we do that, we don't teach our bodies to create them themselves. That instead, we should vary what type of probiotic we're taking, we should take them in cycles, and we should also give our body a rest. The fact of the matter is, we just don't know. So be very cautious of anyone who says you need a probiotic, this specific probiotic, every single day. Ask them to show you the human studies. We're just beginning to know everything about the microorganism in our gut. And with RNA sequencing, new technology that's just emerging, we're going to know more about this very soon. But as a general rule, switch up your probiotic supplement for a variety of strains rather than just taking one over and over and over again. Try to take your probiotic with food, specifically with foods that are very fibrous, like fruits and vegetables. How do you know if the probiotic supplement that you're taking is actually working? Well, when you first start taking a probiotic, it's not uncommon to experience some gastrointestinal discomfort, maybe some bloating, maybe a little bit of pain, sometimes even diarrhea. Just remember that if these things persist for more than a couple of days, you probably want to discontinue use and maybe even speak to your physician. Check the quality of your probiotic. Consider trying a different strain. Start with a very small dosage for three to four, maybe even five days, and then increase dosage slowly. And again, this is going to vary greatly. And what I'm offering to you is not medical advice. Instead, it's just my opinion, and I would love to encourage you to work with a nutritional professional or a medical doctor. Now, here's the thing. If 80% of the population is dealing with leaky gut, there's a very high likelihood that you are experiencing some form of dysbiosis. Some really simple ways to know if that's the case for you is simply, are you having digestive issues? Are you pretty regular? Do you have one to two bowel movements per day? And we're all adults here, so we can talk about feces without getting completely grossed out. But the bottom line is, no pun intended, you should be having one to two bowel movements per day. They should be easy to exit, brown in color, not too smelly, well-formed, and pretty regular. But even if you're not having major digestive issues that you know of, right? Again, there's a very high likelihood that you might still need probiotics. For example, if you just feel like you're low energy... If you're experiencing symptoms of autoimmune disease, if you're eating a healthy diet, but for some reason your hormones are just out of balance, you've done a nutritional panel and you're eating healthy, but many of the vitamins and nutrients that you should be getting from your food, you're not. Well, that's a really good sign that even though you're eating them, 
they're not getting into your system the way they need to because of leaky gut. So one of the most important ways to begin the process of healing your gut is by creating that symbiotic relationship inside the micro gut biome, i.e. fixing the dysbiosis by taking a probiotic. Okay, now hang tight because we are going to talk about probiotics in foods and shakes and yogurts, etc. So right now we're really just talking about probiotic supplementation. And as with all things, I just really try to take a non-biased, middle-of-the-road approach and share with you the research and knowledge that I found. And I think it's also important to tell you that I looked at plenty of studies where use of probiotics was inconclusive. In fact, one in 2016 where it found that probiotic supplementation in older adults did not significantly improve well-being, stress, anxiety, or digestive issues. There were no negative findings, but there were really no positive findings either. And that was in a double-blinded, randomized, placebo-controlled clinical trial. So that's pretty important. Nonetheless, I found tons of research, which I will link to below this audio, that showed rather significant improvements in digestive health and the healing of leaky gut with the use of probiotics. So the decision is yours. I just think in order to be honest, I have to tell you, there are also studies that were able to demonstrate that there was no significant improvement. This is what I will tell you. I couldn't find any research, and I'd be happy to have someone point it out to me if they can find it, that could show a negative effect on the human gut biome from taking probiotics. So my opinion is, if there's lots of positives, some inconclusives, and no negatives, well, then I'm going to err on the side of caution and I'm going to take a probiotic. I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to give my body a rest from time to time, and I'm going to use this at least until we know more. It seems like the right choice for me. You'll have to make a decision for yourself. But what about probiotics that are marketed to us as being in our foods? And how can we get them naturally from our foods? It's no surprise that food marketers have caught on to the fact that we are interested in healing our gut. We are interested in probiotics. Some of the most popular ones are, of course, yogurts, specifically Activia. Activia is considered a probiotic yogurt. But interestingly enough, Dannon does not state how many CFUs are contained within the yogurt or on the product label. Rather, because it is a yogurt product and it does contain yogurt cultures, live cultures, it does contain then bacteria. So technically, it could be a probiotic. The question is, how many of those live bacteria actually serve any purpose in our gut biome? I can tell you that there are many lawsuits here in the United States and in Canada with compensation available that have been filed against Danim for its false claims about this product over the years. Regardless of the food that you're consuming, if probiotics have been added to it, you want to consider how much sugar is also in that product and artificial sweeteners and foods that have been modified with cornstarch and corn syrups, or perhaps foods that are made with genetically modified organisms, GMO. And if it's a yogurt, is it a yogurt that's been made from grass-fed, grass-finished cows, or is it a yogurt that's been made from milk that was created probably from cows treated with RBGH, which is a growth hormone, because you wouldn't know unless it states otherwise on the label. And what about probiotics that are listed in other foods and drinks? Well, let me summarize it very simply. They're not likely that helpful, and they're also not likely hurtful. 
most research shows that there is little to no significant increase of good bacteria from consuming foods with probiotics or probiotics added to them like kombucha, your yogurts, sauerkrauts, etc. Nonetheless, foods that are naturally fermented that don't have added sugars and additives may have a positive effect on your microgut biome. So if you're going to be consuming foods that have probiotic claims attached to them, read the label. Does it list how many active CFUs you can expect? Does it specifically say non-GMO? Have they added sugars, sweeteners, cornstarch, and other additives that negate any of the positive benefits of taking the probiotic? Some foods that don't hurt to add to your diet include some cultured yogurts, as long as they don't have added sugars, sweeteners, syrups, fruits, etc. Live cultured sauerkraut, kefir, which is similar to yogurt. It's a fermented dairy product, but it's a mix of goat's milk and fermented kefir grains. Certain kombuchas, and I say certain kombuchas because they become so wildly popular that there's many kombuchas on the market that have added sugars and all kinds of garbage. So look at the ingredients label. And you might consider adding a spoonful of microalgae to your daily shake. Microalgae includes ocean-based plants, superfoods, if you will, like spirulina, croella, and blue-green algae. Pickles, believe it or not, and tempeh, as long as it's non-GMO. Tempeh can be a great substitute for meat or tofu. I love the texture of tempeh, and it's super high in vitamin B. Vegetarians love it. You can eat it baked. It kind of takes on whatever flavor you're cooking it in. I'm a big fan of tempeh. How about kimchi? Now, if you've never tried kimchi, it's quite delicious. It's kind of a pickled sauerkraut. It's very popular in a lot of Asian dishes. It's a fermented cabbage. It's wonderful. Like if you want to make a big bowl of like quinoa and tempeh and avocado and sprinkle some kimchi on top. Ooh, delicious. And when in Hawaii, be sure to look for poi. Maybe you have it at your local food market, but poi is a staple food in Hawaii and it's made by mashing cooked taro plant, which again, taro is a plant that is very high in probiotics. In fact, much higher than any yogurt on the market. Basically, these foods are loaded with germs, bacteria. Yeah, we shouldn't be afraid of germs. We need germs. So stop using your antibacterial soap. I know that's hard to hear. And remember, we need bacteria, good and bad bacteria in our body. It's part of how we heal the gut. So what about prebiotics? What the heck are they? Prebiotics keep probiotics alive. And we get most of our prebiotics from our food. So you won't often hear people saying that they're taking a prebiotic unless you're working with an integrative medical professional and for some reason you realize that your diet may be insufficient in prebiotics. Well, maybe we should start there. So what would a diet look like that was insufficient in prebiotics? Well, if you're consuming too many animal proteins, if you've had aggressive medical therapies like chemotherapy or radiation, if you've got a really bad diet, like you're eating way too much simple carbohydrates, sugar, preservatives, you drink too much alcohol, processed foods, You just aren't eating a diet that has enough plants, basically, and or you've recently finished a round of antibiotics or some other form of medication. Well, those are all reasons why you might need to supplement with a prebiotic, but my recommendation would be to take a look at how you can improve prebiotic consumption in your diet naturally. And that can be done by consuming simple things like quinoa, berries, flax seeds, garlic. 
honey and agave, leeks, artichokes, yams, sweet potatoes, jicama beans. So you probably get the idea. Most of the things that I've just suggested are kind of either a complex starch or a complex carbohydrate. And they're very abundant in our food supply. The key though is you've got to eat real food. Oh, and you know where there's tons of prebiotic? In the breast milk that we feed our babies. Prebiotics are a type of non-digestible fiber, which is why you heard me list many fruits and vegetables. Like other high-fiber foods, prebiotic compounds, like the foods that I've just mentioned, pass through the upper part of your gastrointestinal tract and they remain undigested. And that's because the human body can't fully break them down, but they serve a purpose for us. Once they pass through the small intestine, they reach the colon, and that's where they ferment. That fermentation is created by the gut microflora. And you probably haven't heard much about prebiotics, but you've heard a lot about probiotics. Well, in recent years, especially with the growing popularity of fermented foods like sauerkraut and kombucha and kimchi, prebiotics haven't been talked about much. But the probiotics we consume, work more effectively when we have adequate amounts of prebiotic. It's the prebiotic that opens the door, if you will, for a heightened level of health. In other words, it makes the probiotic more effective. Think of prebiotics as the fuel that keeps the good bacteria in your gut, created by probiotics, alive. And we're learning more about prebiotics every day, but what we do know is that they work together with probiotics, and they play a fundamental role in maintaining the balance and the diversity of the intestinal bacteria, especially the good bacteria that we have in our gut. When our diet consists of healthy natural foods that are higher in both prebiotic and probiotic contents, we know we see a lowered risk of cardiovascular disease, healthier cholesterol levels, better gut health, better digestion, lower stress, lower rates of depression, lower rates of autoimmune disease, lower risk for obesity, lower risk of weight gain, decreased inflammation, and a decreased risk of almost every neurological disease you can think of. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Shalene Show. I sincerely appreciate you as a listener. I appreciate that you oftentimes will listen to an episode and send it to your friends. I love hearing that. People found me because their friends sent them an episode. I don't know if you know how to do that from your phone. For most podcast apps, there's like a little share button. If it's the podcast app that you use on an iPhone, there's like three little dots. You just tap on the little box with an arrow and it will say, how do you want to send it? You can just send it as a message. And it literally, you can just like text message this episode to someone, which is kind of fun to do. And I, I wanted to let you know, I really appreciate that. I also would love to have you be a part of this program that I've been developing I call it a diet program because it helps so many people with their diet, but it's so much more than that. It's like a science project meets a diet, meets a nutritional program, meets answers. Like it's the coolest thing ever. And I and I would love for you to experience it. So please take a moment to sign up by going to dietbetatest.com. And in the meantime, just thank you. Thank you for writing reviews for the show. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for communicating with me anywhere you can in social media. You know how to find me. Of course, I love you on Snapchat, but I love you everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, you know how to hit me up. I just appreciate that you do. And I very much value that we are on this journey together. So until we have some time to spend some time together again, just don't forget that you are the bomb.com. You don't need to change a thing. You're perfect. 
So maybe you've been hearing a little bit about the testing, the diet beta testing I've been doing and wondering what exactly it's all about. Well, let me share with you who this is for. This is for those of you who have been dieting or restricting your calories or exercising until you feel like it's just not working and there's really no more time or no more abuse you want to put your body through. But your body just isn't cooperating and you're starting to feel frustrated or like a failure or like your body is working against you. I'd like to encourage you to be a part of my next test group. You can join it by going to dietbetatest.com. Now, because this is a testing process, not everyone who goes through the program will experience the same results or be on the same program. In fact, this is about the study of one. You'll understand how your metabolism works, how you need to eat according to your body type, your history, how you respond to carbs and exercise and stress, overcoming weight loss resistance and healing your brain and so much more like reducing our risk of disease. So if you're sick of all these crazy fad diets and people raving about their diet and knowing you've tried it and it just doesn't work for you or worrying if it's actually right for you, I encourage you to join me in the study of one and get your own answers. We've had more than 15,000 people go through this program with an average weight loss of nine pounds in less than two weeks. People who've said they've struggled to lose weight for more than five years and for the very first time, the scale is moving and more importantly, they're understanding what works for them. Because if it's misery, what's the point? This is about living. This is about reclaiming the word diet. Instead of going on a diet, having a diet that works for us. Join me by going to dietbetatest.com and you'll be first to be notified when our next group opens.